Welcome to the Seahawks Man to Man podcast, powered by The Athletic. Shout out to the company. My name is Michael Sean Dugar. I'm here with my co-host, Christopher Kidd. Make sure you follow us both up on the tweet machine. You can follow me at Mike Dugar. That is M-I-K-E-D-U-G-A-R. If you didn't catch that, don't worry. I'm verified. Just look for the blue check next to my name. Uh, Chris, talk to him. What is up, everybody? It's your boy, Christopher Kidd. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at C-K-I-D-D-206, and that's C-Kidd206. All right, we're continuing our run of free agency episodes uh, with a special guest, uh, Chris. Good to have some new voices uh, on the show. We have new Seahawks wide receiver, Philip Dorsett, on the line. Philip, what up, man? What's up? How y'all doing? Uh, we are good. We are good. You know, following the government's instructions and social distancing. And, and well, me and Chris are sitting kind of close to each other uh, <laughs> right right now. Where where are you coming? You you in Florida right now? Yeah, yeah, I'm in Florida. I live in Davie right now, so I'm just chilling out here, just trying to just trying to follow the guidelines. Yeah, what which uh, which room in the house is getting the most run for you during social distancing? Like for me, me and my bed have had a new relationship, you know, in the last, like, month. we gotten really close. Me and the fridge have become best friends. Uh, you know, which, yeah. which which room in your house is getting the most burned right now? Okay, so, see, I just I just bought a house out here. Finally, I'm a, I'm a homeowner, so uh, my, my garage and my and my theater room are probably getting the most burned. But I would say the garage, though, because that's where my, my weight room is. I, I made a weight room, so I, I try to get it in every day mostly in there so yeah that's that's me congratulations on buying the house mike and i are are trying to get on that wave but that's dope man congratulations that's a huge accomplishment thank you, thank you. i know you feel sure. real good about it you got the keys to the crib <laughs> it's i'm i'm, I'm yep. assuming it's pretty sunny out there right now right yeah it is it hasn't rained in a while and um it, it's it's messing up my grass so <laughs> I, need, I need some rain a little bit <laughs> Well, when you get out here, we got rain. We got uh, we got plenty of it. Uh, I, I, I heard, I heard, I definitely heard about that. Oh yeah, no, nah, no, nah, we uh, we do for sure. I was just telling Chris before he hopped on. I was like, anybody who's got a home gym right now, it's like having oil in your backyard. Like <laughs> everybody yeah. trying to work out right yeah. now. I'm one of the lucky ones. It's crazy because it's a lot of it's a lot of players I know that that are doing stuff that they haven't done before because they don't they don't have any weight or anything to do. So I'm one of the lucky ones. Yeah, no, you don't realize the luxuries of the gym until you're like, dang, man, I can't go nowhere. Now you're doing push-ups in the living room just like the whole rest of yeah. us. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. Let's jump into some football. How do you see yourself with your speed, your quickness, and your ability to catch and get open, how do you see yourself fitting in with this Seahawks offense? Um, I, I think it's a perfect fit. I mean, I think that was, that was the main reason why I picked Seattle. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm familiar with a lot of coaches that were there already. Uh, Seattle tried to get me last year, and I wasn't. I had my heart set on going back to New England, so I didn't really give anybody a chance. But uh, I felt like I should have gave Seattle a chance last year because it's the perfect offense for me, um, just with the way Russell extends plays and the way Shotty calls plays, the, the play action, uh, the deep shots. I mean, I think it's the perfect situation for me to be in in my career for the first time. How would you say your relationship with Shadi is? Because I know when he when you were in India, Indianapolis, he was there as well. Break down that relationship. Me and Shadi were cool. I mean, Shadi was always a coach that I always referred to, always went to to ask questions. Because uh, he's a quarterback coach there at the time. So, I mean, we spent a lot of time with Shadi. 
And uh, Shadi was, I mean, he's a really good dude. He's down to earth. And um, he knows me well. He knows my game. And that's why I think it's a, a really good fit. You're you're a Florida guy. A lot of a lot of talent has come out of that little area of the country. Were there any when you were coming up? Were there receivers, whether from Florida or from elsewhere, that you were just like, I you know, I can do that. He kind of his game kind of looks like mine. Any what do you pattern anything after? Yeah, um, I, I was a big Ty. I was a big Ty fan. Um, so when I got drafted to the coach, I mean, I, me and Ty were attached at the hip. I wanted to, I wanted to see how he worked. I wanted to um, do everything he did. I was a big T.Y. fan. I was a big Santana Moss fan. He was like a big brother to me. Even when I was at UM, um, he taught me a lot. And uh, we still talk a lot. And um, I was a big Antonio Brown fan. I mean, a lot of guys that play similar in stature, um, that just, that are all around receivers instead of just being one-dimensional. You know, so uh, guys like that I, I looked up to, and I still look up to. You know, uh, Philip, me and Chris, we are big, big fans of route running. Like, me and Chris will sit here and argue for 20 minutes about, like, who's some of the best route runners. We had a whole – do we have a whole yeah. show about who was the top ten? It w- We had Doug Farrar on, and we basically had him give us the top ten. It was, like, the first 25 minutes. It was a long – Yeah, we have – Long portion of we're, it. We're into it, man. We're big Stephen Diggs fans, Devontae Adams. I just yeah. sent – Chris. who I just sent you a clip of the other day? Was that Amari Cooper? Amari Cooper, it cooking was, guys up. It was nasty. Oh. Uh, who, who are some of your yeah. – Who are some of your favorite route runners uh, in the league? Who do you like to watch, and who do you who you think is really nasty out there? Yeah. So, I'm a, I'm a football nerd, so I'm always watching um, – watching highlights. I'm watching game film. So uh, I think my number one guy, route runner wise, is probably Coop. Mm. I and, love it. Uh, two is probably Devontae Adams. But number one, Devontae Adams is probably the best uh, release guy. I mean, just off the line, press press covers like he can't you can't jam him. And but Coop, when it comes to creating separation, is a route runner. He's probably one. I love it. I mean, Mike was sold that you'd probably say Tyler Lockett. I'm like, he ain't thinking about T. Lock. No disrespect to the man, but there's elite route runners, and out of the ten Tyler. guys, go ahead. Tyler, Tyler is a. Uh, I love Tyler. I mean, me and Tyler, we came out the same year, and we were at the senior bowl together. And um, Tyler is he's really he's really good at just creating separation, and that's a very underrated thing in just being a receiver. I mean, like you don't have to be the perfect route runner. You don't have to be Fast, which is like a way to just create separation. Tyler's really, really good at that, and you can see it. It's the way he plays. Just back me up with this, Philip. This is all I need. Just, just a little oh, more. Here we confirmation. go. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> I personally don't think Tyler Lockett is a top ten route runner. I don't want you to have to try to guess and name all these other players in the NFL, but based off that statement alone, am I crazy for saying that he's not a top ten route runner when I know I can give you ten guys right now, and you'll be like, "Damn, that's." Those are some elite route runners. You got to give me 10. Because I, 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 Tyler's up there to me. I like Tyler, man. That's my guy. I'll never say anything bad about Tyler. Oh, are you pulling up your list? I might I might have to do it to him. I don't want to, but you know, that's th- cool. Pull up, pull up your list. See, no, see, Philip, we're nerds in this way too. We love watching like like deep outs and double moves. There's like a play. Uh, you may have seen it. It's a Doug Baldwin play, I think, from the 2018 season. Oh, the up and out and up. Now, now, Doug, now Doug Baldwin up there too when it comes to Routes. Oh, D- Doug was Routes one of my favorites. Oh uh, man! Basketball player on the field. <laughs> there's, some, there's somebody else. Who's my other guy? Oh, Keenan Allen is nasty. Like yeah, in terms well, of like guy Keenan who plays Allen. like basketball. I like I like Keenan Allen. I give you that too. All right, here we go, man. You ready for this? Go ahead, go ahead. 
All right, I got Julio. This is no order, by the way. This is just my top my top ten guys. So I got Julio, OBJ, right. Devontae yeah. Adams, okay. Stephon Diggs, All right. Michael Thomas, Keenan right. Keenan Allen, okay. DeAndre Hopkins, All right. your boy T.Y. Hilton. Now, I know Antonio Brown been wildin' and he ain't been playing no football, <laughs> but he's still an elite route runner. He gets a honorable okay. mention. Was that the whole okay. 10? That's the 10? One more, Adam Thielen. Mm. And then you know what? If you want to argue with Adam Thielen, I'll give you this. I'll take off Thielen for Amari Cooper. There's my 10. You ain't putting Ty Lockett nowhere uh, on that list, man. I'm sorry. That's a- okay, see, I'm going to give you, I think he... I think he could a better than, than Michael Thomas. Ooh. Thank you. I think, um, who else you said? I have T.Y. I, I got. I, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb. See, T.Y. is great. T.Y., I put T.Y. at the top for me because I play with him. I know what he's capable of. But I'm going to give Tyler the nod, oh, nod over T.Y. when it comes to route running. Ooh. Oh man! I wish everyone could see. We gotta start T-Y. taping the podcast. T-Y is explosive. He's explosive. I can't be mad at that. Coming from a wide receiver, what you want me to do? <laughs> thank you, thank T-Y you, Philip. Okay. Um, and it was one more you said. Uh, let's see. Was it OBJ? It was. Let's OBJ, see. I got uh, Stephon Diggs. I like. I like stuff. Step up there when it comes to routes. What about Keenan Allen? Keenan up there too. Mm, Devontae Adams? Devontae Adams is probably two to me. Yeah. And I then maybe you're one. maybe when you're stuck. You might be stuck on my Julio. Or D Hop. Or D Hop. Nah, nah, nah. There you go, D Hop. There you go. I'm sorry, he's a better route runner than D Hop. D Hop is amazing though. But he's a better route runner than D Hop. Man, his list I, sounds like mine. That's my ten. <laughs> I basically, you're, I take out, I take out D Hop, take out Michael Thomas, and I swap Tyler and Cooper. Boom. Uh, there you go. I can't be mad at it. This is a professional wide receiver. He's seen it all. I seen, yeah, Coop. See, I growing up in South Florida, I have seen Coop run around since high school. Coop is number one to me. Mm, I ain't mad at that either. You know, the, the more I talk to dudes who grew up in, in South Florida, the, for <laughs> reference, Philip, me and Chris are from Seattle. It sounds like it, something is in the water down there. <laughs> I, really, I really feel like it's a different breed of athlete uh, coming from, like, South Florida. What's going on down there? We, 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 we just we play football. We, that's, that's just what we do. We, football is the number one sport in South Florida. A lot of other, a lot of sport, a lot of other states, they play basketball. They do it, but it's like football. I've been I've been playing since I was five, and that's just like mostly everybody in South Florida. Uh, something, something you mentioned when you were on local radio here is that uh, you were, you hinted that you being kind of underutilized as a really good uh, route runner. Uh, what what did you mean by that, and why do you think maybe it'll be different here uh, in Seattle? Um, see, because when you when you run when you're really really fast, teams like to put you in a box. They want you to just run down the field. Um, either, either basically they're they're sending you down the field, so you're running decoy routes, or you're taking top off the coverage. But teams know, okay, this guy's fast. He runs deep routes. 
safeties. So teams they bracket you or they'll put they'll put the safety over top so they know, okay, we're not we're not going there. So they're taking they're taking you away for the safety and if somebody else is available underneath. I've always been a decoy guy because I can really run. But I can run routes. And the coaches know that. Saudi knows that. And I think that's why I feel like it was a good fit because Saudi knows, okay, he's a he's a he's a deep threat but he's gonna route and we can utilize that. So I think that's why it was a good hit for me and it was just a good decision that I made on my part. Uh the NFL has made a game pass basically free for everyone. I think it's still free. Uh, right now, I know you mentioned you've been been watching some uh, Seahawks tape. Have you seen anything from Russ from last season or any of the seasons you've you've watched on Game Pass? Where you was like, "Yo, this is this is incredible." Oh yeah, I've been definitely utilizing Game Pass because yeah, it's free and I had access to every game, any any game I want. And we got nothing but free time, so I, mean, I watch Russ all the time, and it's just the way that he can improvise and the way he can get in and out of the pocket. And it's it's just amazing. I mean, he. He's not scrambling to run. He's scrambling to throw. And that's what you want in a quarterback because you can make one move and get upfield, and he can get it there because he's a better deep throw, deep ball throw in the game. So that's why I feel like it's a good fit. Speaking of deep ball throwing and going and using your speed, what would you say are your favorite routes to run when you hear that play call? Okay. Um, obviously, you like – you like the goals, you like the post, plays like that. But um, I like to run slants. I like to run stop routes. I mean, because you basically you're selling your speed. You're selling everything. Is, you're selling a go route on every route you run because you fast. DBs know that. They got the scouting report. They know, okay, this guy runs 4-3. So I don't want to get DB. So if you're selling a go and then you break off and you run a slant or you run a thunder or you run a stop, they're giving you that. And that's just something I feel like you can you can capitalize off of. Mm, it's gonna be fun watching you do these routes, man. Whether it's the fly, stop and go, or just a huge, a nice little comeback. I know this yeah. team. Yeah. This team has a lot of speed on the wide receiving end. You got DK Lockett, yourself. I'm still looking for a fourth guy, but I'm gonna go ahead and throw David Moore in there. Now, I we did yeah. before we hopped on to do the podcast live. We were talking about you back in high school running track. And how you were killing in the four hundred? You ran ten five, right in the hundred. Yes. Ten five. You ran forty eight in the four hundred. And I'm thinking to myself, man, this might be the fastest wide receiving core in the NFL with yourself that ran a four three three, right? Mm hmm. DK, who also ran a four three three, which is unfair, <laughs> as big as he is. That's freakish. Then you got Ty Lockett at a four four three. Was it Mike? No, four four, four flat. Four four flat, and then D Moore. Four four as well. I think if you guys, if the NFL decided to just randomly bring back a maybe a little four by one, I know they used to do it back in pro back in the day at the Pro Bowl. I think you guys will win that all. I mean, I just think this might this might be the fastest wide receiving core in the NFL. What do you say to that? Um, it's up there. I would say it's top, definitely top three, maybe top two. Um, I mean, we all know the Chiefs. Yeah. He's up there. We know that. And um uh, trying to think of anybody else. <laughs> um, the Chiefs is kind of the cheat code. I didn't even think about that till now with Tyreek. They still have Sammy. I think yeah. Yeah. I think it's I think it's definitely it'll be 
definitely a competition between us and the Chiefs. Absolutely. I mean, what what can we do to set this up, man? I well, mean, I mean, everybody <laughs> probably bored now. There's nothing to do. <laughs> you, know, you know, you know what? I wish the Pro Bowl would go back to the old format format when they did the, the skills competition when it was in Hawaii. How yes. they had the fastest man and stuff yes. like that, and the strongest man competition. I wish they went back to that. Maybe, maybe, uh, yeah. We got to get a Chiefs and Seahawks four by one showdown. I think y'all will win personally. Who should be the anchor on the four oh, by I, one? Here, here's how it go. Okay, um, you let me know if if I got this right because you ran track. I would have Ty Lockett kick things off. Your yeah. fastest guy, who I think is Philip Dorsett. I know he's not the tallest, but I'm a, I'm gonna have you second. I'm going to put David I Moore. Would, I would let I would let DK run second. You would let DK run second. Fair. So we got Ty Lockett first. Second. DK second. We got David Moore third, and you Philip are bringing it home. Does that sound reasonable? I'm a, um, cause I'm I'm not good at running curves. I like running straight away. Oh, okay. well, there we go. So who would be the anchor on the Chiefs? Tyreek. Tyreek's got to be the anchor. Ooh, so man. you you, that's gonna be it's gonna be some smoke on that one. That's some that's some different that's some <laughs> different speed uh right there. I know. Actually, speaking of this receiver group, uh, these guys always play ball after practice. It's like there's multiple hoops uh, in the. Seahawks uh, training facility. I don't know if you've heard that. And that they got one in the meeting room. They got one on the practice field, uh, inside. A lot of ball. Do you play any ball at all? I do. I do. I love. I love playing ball. I love playing basketball. Oh, you're gonna get your skills tested, man. You, you ready for? They, I think they play a lot of one on one. King of the hill. You you ready? Oh yeah, I'm ready. Ball is basketball is. That's, I, mean, I love playing basketball. I'm definitely ready for that, especially shooting. I'm a big shooter. When I played, I was I was a shooter. All right, we'll see. They got they got they got a uh, competition. Uh, what's it? Competition Wednesday. Uh, every, just be prepared when you get in there. The hoop is like on a stage, but there's like a slant underneath it, so it's weird. You got to get get used to it. And if you go, if when you first like whoever you battle in the one on one shooting competition, don't go against Tyler, because Tyler he I swear he beat you. He don't miss. He beat Kevin Durant in a shooting contest. How you? What are you <laughs> I doing? heard that's crazy. And I I heard it, I heard it before I saw the video, and I was like, that don't make sense. And then I saw the video, I was like, man, no, that dude, that dude Tyler is real deal. So if you got the stroke, go ahead and call out Tyler. But yeah, no, that be be prepared. I don't think that boy uh, missed. See, he, he's been there, he's been there a while. He used to the hoop, so he, he has an advantage. Now I know you're a huge horror film fan. I heard you, I listened to a radio show about you discussing that, and I thought, oh, I, we have something in okay. common because I too. Yeah. I'm interested in horror films, although some scare me a lot more than others. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What were your thoughts on It? Chapter 2. It? Yeah. Two? Yep. I, actually, I watched it again the other day. Um, it, was, it was good. It was long. It was really long. And I felt like the last, the last scene when they ended up going back to the house, I felt like it was a little too much. But it, overall, it was a good movie. Okay. I, I like the first one for better though. I feel you on that one because the the second one did drag, and I'm like, yo, wh- where are we going with this? Yeah, they dragged it out. It was they a had little. To tell everybody's story, and it was it was a lot, but it was good. Are you a fan of the Nun and that franchise? I forget the franchise, what is behind, but they have the Nun, Annabelle, all those. Do you remember, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Are you a fan yeah, of I've those? Seen them all. Um, I like the Nun was the Nun was kind of creepy. <laughs> uh, Philip, uh, you might want to say. I, when I see movies, <laughs> when I see movies, I watch them. I watch them more than once, and I only watch them none once because it creeped me out a little bit. Bro, 
I respect that answer because I, I, I only watched it once too. And I'm not going back to see seconds. I'm I've, good. I've, I've never seen it, you guys. What's it about? <laughs> it creeped me out. I don't know if you want to know this. Basically, basically, the devil's with the nun. That's oh, all you need to know. It, okay. it, it, I, it, yeah. Me talking about right now, I got chills going down my back. So we're going to yeah, get off I've this. All the Annabelle, Annabelle creation. I've seen all those, but the nun kind of creeped me out. What about the Conjuring and Conjuring Two? What do you think of those? Those are good. I like the, I like the Conjuring's. Um, yeah, those were yeah, those were good because those were part of like Annabelle and stuff like that. Yes, I'm trying it's to all kind of said the same thing. I'm still trying to remember the name of that entire series, but yes, the, I think it might be just the Conjuring series if I'm not mistaken. But either yeah, way, it was it's the Conjuring series. It's the Conjuring series, and then Annabelle is like a branch off. Yes. Well, now with all these with with the Corona going around, we won't even get to see the remake of Candyman. Would did you, did you see the previews for that? I I've seen the previews, but they're postponing it because of the virus. I'm willing to bet they will because it was supposed to release, if I'm not mistaken, in June. And I, and I'm kind of sad because I actually just rewatched the original, and I'm now I got excited, I gotta, and then this happened, and now I'm, yeah, it's a classic, man. I haven't seen it in a long time. Eh, you know, it's not too scary. I recommend going back and checking it out. Candy man, Can, I won't say it three times. I'm good. <laughs> okay, I was just about to ask, is that the one where you go in the bathroom <laughs> yeah, and say it? Yeah, don't do okay. it. No, I. Yeah, I ain't doing that. My cousins, my older cousins had me do that when I was a kid. Well, you're I, still here, Mike. I started crying and everything. <laughs> my auntie had to come get me out the bathroom. That's so that's okay. I ain't watching that. But glad y'all got some. <laughs> oh man, older cousins is the worst. Older cousins, older siblings, all that stuff. That yeah, nah, that's that's why I don't like scary movies now. That's so but go ahead. Before we let you go, Philip, do you have anything you would like to say to the fans or just anything? To get off your chest before we let you go, man. Anything at all? Um, I would just say they're gonna get. I mean, I'm I'm a guy that I want to win, and I'll do anything to just go out there and win. I'm a great teammate. Uh, I'm not selfish. I literally just want to win football games, and that's that's just me. That's who I am as a person. I want to win, and I, I just I can't help. I can't wait to go out there and, and play in front of Seattle and play in front of those fans. I heard the stadium is, is crazy and it's, it's, it's rocking. And I, I, I usually just can't wait. Well, I think you're going to get along real well with the quarterback. I don't know if you heard, but winning's his thing. <laughs> like that's uh, that's that he, that's definitely what he's what he's all about. Is that is that is that what he mentioned when he talked to you uh, on Facetime when you signed with the Seahawks? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, when he when he, he called me, and he was working out, and I was just I was inspired. Like that's that's me. I'm a workaholic too. And that's that's what you want on the quarterback. Now that's just um, they they understand that the work you put into it is what you get out of it. So I mean, however hard you work, I mean that's where the winning comes from. All right, and Philip Dorsey is a Super Bowl champion, so he would know a little something uh, about winning. Uh, we appreciate you, Philip, for uh, taking the time out to join us on the show. Can't wait to see you out here running routes yes. uh, in Seattle for the folks listening right now. If you want to uh, to see the fastest footwork on Instagram, uh, go to Philip's page. Uh, I've never seen feet move that fast. What's your Instagram, Philip? Uh, Dorset four. All right, there you go. Uh, check it out. Actually, we'll, let's do all the social media real quick. Where can uh, Seahawks fans follow you on Twitter as well? Oh, I don't have a Twitter. I got hacked a long time ago, and I never got back on. Oh, man. I, I mean, dang, that so sucks. I'm, I'm just straight. I'm all Instagram. That's it. Okay. What's that for? 
All right. Door we'll safe. tag you on Instagram tomorrow. <laughs> there you go. There we go. <laughs> Thanks right. again. Appreciate Thank you, man. We appreciate you taking the time out. give another just thank you to new Seahawks wide receiver Philip Dorsett for jumping on the show uh, to talk with us. Really appreciated that. Hope you guys enjoyed that convo. Um, I think for what it's worth, the Dorsett move was, let's say, what, the second best move of the offseason, uh, I would say. And I think the first is one we didn't get to talk about in the last episode was the trade for Quentin Dunbar. Uh, with the Washington football team. You see me, Chris? Yeah, That's good. That. Getting better, getting better. I'm getting really, really good at it. Uh, the Seahawks traded uh, a fifth-round pick uh, for Quentin Dunbar, uh, who played a little bit of left cornerback, like at the first game, I think, of the season last year. Played some mostly right cornerback. I think he even played a little bit of slot. Plays all over the place. Washington's defense was bad. Uh, and Quentin ended up getting hurt. But before he got hurt, he was one of Pro Football Focus's highest-grade corners. He had some good numbers, got his hands on some passes. Uh, it's pretty young cat, I think. How old is he? 20, 27, 20? Look that up young uh, cat. real quick. Yeah, relatively young cat. Doesn't cost much. I think his cap hit is around $3.4 million uh, dollars for 2020. A pretty good deal. And the reason I call it the the, the the best move, not necessarily maybe the best player, I'm not sure, uh, but, man, the value. How does John Snyder do this? I don't, <laughs> like, put it this way. I've been thinking about this, too. Do teams know what the hell to value a fifth-round pick at? I mean that sincerely. I really don't think they know. Remember, Chris, last year, Baltimore traded a kicker? Or they got rid of their kicker, I think, gave him to Minnesota? Is that Or got rid of, got a kicker. Anyway, that kicker got traded uh, for a fifth-round pick. This same offseason, I think that same fifth-round pick, yeah, it must have been Baltimore who got the kicker. They trade that fifth-round pick for Calais Campbell. So he gets traded for a fifth-round pick. All right. Last year, or two years ago, Michael Bennett gets traded for a fifth-round pick. It's after Michael Bennett had like nine and a half sacks, still a good player, uh, relatively healthy, fifth-round pick. Nick Vanette got traded for a fifth-round pick. Who else got traded for it? Quandre Diggs, the team captain. He's like 26, 27 years old. Starting free safety, fifth-round pick. I'm missing one. There's another one that just happened. It's a quarterback. A backup quarterback just got traded for a fifth-round pick. Ooh, this is going to bug. Was it Nick Foles? No, no. Oh, this is going to bug me. Anyway, a backup quarterback is worth a fifth-round pick. I, Chris, I'm very serious. I don't think teams know what a fifth-round pick is worth. Not to mention I, Quentin Dunbar. <laughs> yeah, it's just like Dunbar. A fifth-round pick. Now, he, I think he wants a new contract and wasn't all in on the whole new regime that's taking over in Washington. If he's healthy, he is going to get it. That's a, that's a big if, though. He hasn't been healthy in his career. He's dealt, dealt with a lot of different dealt things. Dealt a lot of injuries, unfortunately. But his talent is there. I mean, I watched some. I watched film on him. He's a guy that doesn't panic. He'll get in a situation where he'll get beat, but there does, there's not a time where he freaks out and it's like, dang, I'm beat. He keeps his composure, does what he does, and he's able to either A, get back in the play and make the play, or B, save a game, save a touchdown. He's able to make those plays, and I think – Having him competing with Trey is going to elevate Trey's level, and it's just going to be fun to see who wins that position. I, I do think that he has the upside just based on 
what he's done in the past. Granted, can he stay healthy is the big concern, but that's like the only concern really for me is the health. Yeah, John Snyder does it again. <laughs> uh, We're gonna call see. it the Schneider when he makes these deals. <laughs> uh, let's see. He's twenty seven. Quentin Dunbar. He'll be yes. twenty eight at the start uh, of the season. He's got the same birthday as my mom. Uh, actually, fun fact. I know no one cares, but throwing that out there. And Kyle Allen is who got traded for a fifth-round pick. The backup quarterback from Carolina got traded to the Washington football team. See, I did it again. Ooh, Mike is killing it. I know. I'm killing I'm going to get a third one in there uh, somehow. But I, I think this is the best move. And when I wrote about the move, because I do like it, I thought it was the end for Trey. And I, It could be. I still really do think that. I just think I that don't see how you're wrong. They well, didn't bring him in to be a nickelback. <laughs> here's the thing. And I, this is a so first off, I thought it was the end for Trey because it's a clear upgrade, and it, with that at that price point, like a three million dollar and some change cap hit, you are you're not paying that for a backup when your starter is, is at, at like nine hundred or seven, right? I think he's only like seven hundred thousand. Yes, Trey's, Trey's on a relatively uh, cheap deal, not a relatively cheap. He is on a cheap deal, so. When he when I saw that price point, the caliber of player they brought in, I was like, "Oh, this is the end of this trade thing." They've they probably have brought him in to compete, but no. he's going to be starting week one. That was my thought, and I I, I still have st- stood by that. I just said, "You don't know how you're wrong." I, I don't. I'm not wrong very often. You know? <laughs> is, let me toot my own horn there. But I will I will give a shout out to my homie, my my colleague uh, at the Athletic, uh, Aaron Fentress, who we were talking. And he mentioned the idea of still having Trey be like the number two right cornerback but come in as like a starter in nickel packages because Dunbar can play in the slot. So if you remember the start of the 2017 season, it feels like ages ago. It does. But if you remember, their starting defensive backfield, all oh, these are the good old days, it had Sherm, Cam, Earl. Jeremy Lane was their starting right cornerback. And then they had... But when they went to nickel... Jay Lane slid over, Shaq came in. So that was kind of their unofficial base def- beat, yeah, base defense at the time. It was like a four-and-a-half-man starting DB group. Because remember, they had no nickel. And then Jay Lane gets hurt. He gets kicked out of the first game of the season, actually, for throwing a punch. Uh, then he gets hurt. And then Justin Coleman comes in. They ask Shaq to start it full-time at right corner, those guys end up being good for cheaper deals, and then Jay Lane gets the boot. Not before he gets a DUI and admits to being high <laughs> while driving on the highway. But before all that, that was kind of their plan. So Fentress kind of mentioned something similar like that. Uh, he didn't mention that 2017 example. He just kind of outlined the scenario, and then I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds familiar. So I do think that is a possibility. I don't know how well someone as big as Quentin Quentin's yeah, listed. Yeah, he's 6'2". He's 6'2". Six, six two? Two. Yeah, so you don't see... S- corners at 6-2 in the slot. That's It's you tough to do. You don't. But it really is a skill set thing. Oh, yeah. If you can move your hips fast enough to guard Doug Baldwin's, then yeah, sure. I just, as your point earlier, <laughs> 3700000 starting corner, mm, we'll give you the nod. And to your point, they could, they definitely could switch them off and have a four and a half where, hey, we're going to have a nickel package in, and they switch it up a little bit. That, that could would, be a possibility. Because that would solve their nickel problem as well. Although yes. I think Ugo is probably going to end up being all right there. But let's say let's say he's not. Just for oh, – I was about to cuss just now. What's another Beeps word? Beeps and giggles. Beeps and giggles. There we go. Uh, it doesn't have the same ring to it. People know what I mean. Let's say that doesn't work out. You still can have your base defense that they like to primarily play. 
So he would still be starting Dunbar, and he'd play like 70% of the snaps at right cornerback. And that might benefit him health-wise, actually. And then, well, he'd still play 100% of the snaps, but it would, they'd be split. So let's say it's like 70 or at the right cornerback, and then now it's third and 12, and it's like, all right, cool. Instead of bringing Ugo on, you bring you Trey him. on, and you slide Dunbar over. So maybe that still puts your best. Because even if Trey was to uh, get, like, bench, quote-unquote, he would still probably be, let's say there's five cornerbacks on the team, he'd still probably be the third best one. So it still gets your top three guys on the field at all times, or at the, at, uh, when necessary. So, and you know, Ken Norton, the reason they do the base defense is his answer is always, well, it gets it gets our best 11 guys on the field most often. That's his usual reasoning for that, which I understand. That's what you should be trying to do. So in that scenario that I kind of just outlined, you still get your best three corners on the field when you do have a three-corner package. Now, I don't know if that's what they're going to do. Like, Ken Norton didn't text me that or nothing. If he did, <laughs> I would let you guys know. Kenny doesn't seem like much of a texter. He seems like one of them dudes, you text him, he just call you back. <laughs> uh, I don't even know if you could text him. I think it's landline only. Oh, he got he got big thumbs too. Yeah, I don't know so. if he has a cell phone. He, I don't know. He might not. He might have just a landline. <laughs> I, man, I don't want to get put him that far in the Stone Age. But if you do got a landline, that's a problem. Like, who has a phone with a cord on it anymore? Coach. Only time I see that is in is in uh in a hotel. And even then, I'd be like, this is a four star hotel. Well, I don't know if I'm staying at four stars, but you guys know what I mean. I'd be like, this is a nice hotel, man. Why does the phone got a cord on it? I don't know. Maybe that's just how they get down. But anyway, that I like the Dunbar move for like several reasons. It's a it's good value. You get a starter, uh, and you solve potentially another starter issue if if you don't find the the slot that you want. So that's three reasons right there. I like it. What do you think? I wouldn't say it's the number one move. That the Seahawks made, I think the number one move was bringing back Irvin. I think he helps that pass rush tremendously. And considering they haven't brought back Clowney, I think he is number one and then Dunbar number two because you still need a pass rush to allow your corners to play some defense. Because if you don't have a pass rush, your corners, I mean, they can only guard for so long. And these receivers, as you talk about the gap, well, the gap with these receivers is pretty drastic when it comes to running routes and if you're playing zone and man, it becomes a challenge. And if they don't have that pass rush, it just becomes that more of a challenge. I think bringing back Bruce Irvin was a start to saying, hey, we need to figure this out now. So would you start Bruce? What do you mean when I start Bruce? Let's say they bring Clowney back. Mm-hmm. Let's say they do. I don't think they will, but let's say they do. Oh, you mean, okay. Who are your starting DNs? Clowney. And? Bruce. Okay. You wouldn't start Bruce, I'm guessing? I don't know. I don't know. I I don't know if, because it just depends. Do I want, it depends on how I'm a, Divide the reps up. Like, do I want... How old is Bruce? I think Bruce has more in the tank than people probably think. I think he's going to be a good pass rusher. But, you know, you invested in Rasheem. Rasheem needs some reps to be a good player. Rasheem's, what, 23? Mm-hmm. 24. He got. He might be even younger than that. He was 20 the day he got drafted. Bruce is 32, by the way. Yeah, and see, what's, and what's, what's Rasheem? He's got to be a little younger. Rasheem Green, he is 22. Yeah, see, and he he turns twenty three in May, so he'll be twenty three this in his third year. I would say he still has a lot of room because this is only a one year deal for Irvin. He might be in and out. I think the which upside, is why I think I would start Rasheem. I feel you, but I, I mean, I think they could share reps in that regard. I mean, true, you try to rotate. I think they can do that. I mean, about eight guys. If you started Rasheem, I wouldn't be upset at it. 
especially if you have Clowney. But if he's not giving you production and you know that Bruce Irvin can based on what he's done last year, I mean, no disrespect to Rasheem, but he was our sack, he was the Seahawks sack leader with four. Which is a low number to be It's a low the number, team. but you would, you would expect a Clowney to have 10. You would expect a Jay Reed to come back from suspension and have seven or eight. That never happened. And that wouldn't look bad for Rasheem. Coming in a second year, that'd be oh, he played pretty well actually. Actually, I thought I thought Rasheem did play pretty well uh, last year. Only started eight games, played uh, appeared in all sixteen. Yeah, four sacks, fumble recovery, a couple passes, defense, forced three fumbles, had five QB hits, three TFLs. That's a good. That's a decent year for like a rotational rusher. Now, if he jumps next year and then has like seven, yeah, and then he'll be like. 24 in his fourth year let's say he makes another jump but it's not like super huge that he gets like goes from like seven to like nine and a half well then that's a guy you gotta end up paying yep you would think but yeah i would definitely start bruce Irvin still personally just i, I do like those two moves and that's why i had a number one and then i had dunbar number two because i think that pass rush is it needs some it needs help right now that's all help it okay. needs a life alert <laughs> a life alert a defibrillator uh you remember the panic button yeah it's time to hit it, right, Mike? Oh, it's been time to hit. It. <laughs> so I just realized uh, the Seahawks did they did they sack Jameis? I don't even know if they sacked Jameis. And as as bad as that Tampa Bay O line was, uh, the Rams O line was falling apart at times during the year. They didn't get the Jared Goff. Like this is it's just there were some games last year where it's, it wasn't just that they didn't get any pressure. It was like you guys couldn't get pressure on some bad teams. Like they beat up on the Philly O line because Philly's O line was. Gabosh. Uh there's another O line they beat up on. Uh they beat up on the Niners uh O line because Clowney just decided I'm Superman, so uh they're gonna that. do about it. Yeah, and they couldn't do anything uh, about it, but in general that was just such a bad Bobby a Wagner bad had a rush. sack and so did Michael Kendricks. They had two sacks against the Bucks. Oh they did okay. Yeah. They didn't pick off Jameis. That's what it was. Sorry about that. I misspoke. No, I you're good. Misspoke. That's right. Because I mean if you can't pick off Jameis, that's pretty bad. Because Jameis throws a lot of picks. He's guaranteed to pick a game. <laughs> Although, I d- exactly. Except that, against the Seahawks. Isn't that crazy? Oh, that is true. I f- that's, that's, that's my bad. That's, I knew there was something funky about that Bucks game, other than the fact that they were getting roasted. Both secondaries looked awful that day. Oh, it was terrible. I think DK and Tyler had career highs. Yeah, Russ threw five touchdowns. Is that the game he threw five? He threw five. <laughs> Chucking them. <laughs> yeah, all against like bad man coverage. It was... It was it was very weird, uh, but to avoid that, that's why I like the Dunbar. Because if you look at their starting secondary, I think it's actually solid. Yeah, Shaq, Quandre, Quentin, Quint, yeah, and B Mac. That's that's fun. That's a solid unit, and I don't think I think together those guys. Let me see if I can do some math on the fly. I hate doing math on the podcast, but I believe Quandre's cap hit is around like five and a half million. I believe B Max cap hit this year is around that same number. Shaq's, I believe, is around about two and some change, maybe. Uh, so, and then you got Quentin, which is about three and some change. Where are we at? Oh, I was waiting to hear your answer, and then I was going to say if you're right or wrong. Come on, man. You got the calculator. <laughs> 16 million. So, you, okay. So, let's say I'm right. You got the calculator, so we're definitely going to say I'm right. Uh, that's a starting secondary. That's. Fairly decent. You got two guys who've been Pro Bowl alternates. B Mac was in 2018. I think Quandre was this year, and then Shaq just made the Pro Bowl uh, as an alternate, but he eventually got in. And then you got uh, Quentin. Q Dub. That's 16 million dollars. I think that's the price that the like Miami is paying one corner. <laughs> yeah, Seahawks are good at managing money. I'll give them that. And only it only benefits though if you if you you know actually have talent out there. But I think they got talent. I don't think anyone on, in Seattle would look at that secondary and be like, 
dang, Mike, we stink. Why don't we go get Jalen Ramsey? You know, I think that's a solid, that's a solid group. What you think? I'm yeah. right there with you. Solid group. So I do, I do like that. Uh, what else happened since our last episode? Some cuts. Tedrick, he's now been officially released. Ed Dixon frees up a little bit of money, which we mentioned on our previous episode. We we were leaning towards that. They're probably gonna end up cutting ties with Tedrick. They're definitely gonna cut Ed Dixon. And then, of course, the shocking news for Mike and I of a Fetty signing with the Chicago Bears. As a as a potential guard. Yes. That is where it's really surprising. Because I thought some team would, would pay him. It doesn't sound like he did get paid. And he had to switch positions. Now, like I told our homies over in Chicago, um, shout out to, uh, to Kevin, who covers the Bears for the Athletic, I was mentioning, I was like, that probably is his best position because he's a run blocker who uh, – kind of doesn't stay consistent with his technique when he's out on those islands sometimes as a pass blocker. And the, the freak athletes that the league has, you need to be pretty damn good because they're just going to stick a bunch of Vaughn Millers and Yannick Ngakwe's and Tank Lawrence and Frank Clarks all on your side of the field, and they're going to eat you alive if you can't handle it. I think all those guys are just named from the the AFC, but you guys get what I'm saying. Oh, oh Tank's, yeah. Tank's in the NFC. This pass rusher's in the NFC. Aaron Donald, what's that, Chandler Jones... Nick there's, Bosa, that's just this division. All those guys, talent in the NFC. Yeah, so nah, you got to be pretty pretty elite there. So I was surprised about that. Uh, I was asked, I was, I did a TV hit. You see me on TV the other day? I was on TV the other day, killing it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I did a TV hit, and I was asked who I think they'll miss the most of the guys that left. And so far, my my options were what: Quentin Jefferson, Al Woods, Jermaine, and George Fant. I picked Jermaine. Not because I think he's the best player out of those guys. And this is really important here because I got some heat for this one because no one likes Jermaine Fetty, which is fine. I think the people uh, – I didn't get to make this point on TV. The reason I think they're going to miss Jermaine the most because I don't think the Seahawks are going to immediately be able to find a better player than Jermaine. That's been the discussion for two seasons now, Mike. <laughs> I just don't – and I think people are forgetting that point. They're like, ah, we needed Jermaine out of here. Okay, cool. Who's next? What are you going to do? <laughs> and you have to remember who's picking these players. The Seahawks have drafted and developed how many good O-linemen in the past? And since Russ has been the QB, how many good O-linemen That's have they years. drafted <laughs> and developed? Justin Britt? Is that it? That's it, right? Uh, not a long list. No, that's that's a one-man list. That's <laughs> that's about as short as the list can be. So, I mean, and everyone wants him cut now. <laughs> I don't think I, I don't know if they should cut him. Probably not. But if you need the money, whatever, that's just how the game go. But think about that. So I think the people who are like, ah, Mike, you're tripping. We're not going to miss Jermaine. You probably are because you're not going to be able to find someone better just right away. It's yeah. not just easy to find a starting right tackles. So if it was that easy, the Seahawks would have just done it while Jermaine was here. <laughs> like they went and got Brandon Shell. Is he immediately better? We'll see. But, I mean, there's really nothing to suggest that right now. So there's think about it. How much faith – if you listen to this show right now, tell me right now. Text, tweet, DM, whatever. How much faith do you have in the Seahawks to find a good O-lineman in free agency in the draft? Tell me that. How much faith do you have? And where the hell is that faith coming from if you have it? Does that make sense? It does. That, I mean, that was, that was, that's been a discussion from this show regarding Fetty because it was coming up, oh, he's going to be, is he going to get that deal with the Seahawks? Are they going to re-sign him, re- re- restructure his contract? That was the first thing. They didn't do that. Oh, what about that fifth year? Is he going to be able to come back? No. The Seahawks didn't want to pay him because 
I don't even know if the Bears paid him. That's to your point. I don't. I don't think they paid him that much. You usually don't pay guards that much, especially not that late in free agency. But I really think bringing him back would have been good because he also was improving. Sure, he led the team in penalties when Mike and I first started this podcast. Absolutely, we were on this show. I think the first four weeks just. Dude, stop, stop holding. Penalties are indefensible, yeah. Yeah, you got to stop doing that. And Especially you know what? pre-snap ones. Yeah, false starts, another big issue. Yeah, but You got to know the cadence. But the thing was, he actually got better each year. Each year he improved. It wasn't he got worse. <laughs> he got better. But, yeah, when he goes up against Aaron Donald or Bosa, yeah, he's going to get beat up from here from time to time. But you know what? It's how he bounced back. And I think he bounced back year in and year out, and he got better. And it was it sucked to see him go, but – it's a business. Well, and, uh, and also, I don't think, and this goes back to my point about replacing someone. It's not like a, a war thing. You know, baseball has that war stat. Well, I don't, you don't watch that. You know I, what I'm talking about? I do not know. Okay, so baseball has a stat. I think I think some other sports are kind of implementing it now. But it's, it's wins above replacement, W-A-R. So, it, I'm not super into baseball, but I know it's like how you value a guy over a replacement level player. Uh, how much? How many wins that guy would add to your team versus an average player you know, at his position. And I don't think, like, I, I feel like Afedi's war in football would probably be low, uh, but you have to remember that an average player would not be available to the Seahawks. Like, average linemen don't even hit the market. So, like, even if you, if PFF's like, ah, oh, this is the 29th best tackle or whatever, it's like, okay, cool. Well, in the draft, you're probably going to, if you're the Seahawks who don't draft that high, you're probably not drafting someone better right away anyway. And then in free agency, Anyone above 29 probably isn't hitting the market, and if they are, the Seahawks aren't going to want to spend for like a Jack Cochran or a Balaga. So that all goes into why I'm like, yeah, you're probably going to miss Jermaine because the Seahawks are going to probably, you know, be on the cheap for right tackles. Meanwhile, it's like, dude, you got Russ. You got money. Well, you had money. They got no money now. They have money. It sounds like the draft simulator for the NBA where you can – Mess around. I think it's on NBA.com where you can put players on there, draft them, and it'll tell you they're you know this player improves them by one win or they lose. Is that what oh I know what you, uh, sort of like sort of that way or no? Yes, it's 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 a li- I know what you're talking about. Similar, yeah, okay. the trade simulator. Thank you. Yes, I know that's what, what I couldn't. Yeah, trade simulator. Yes. So I think, and while you know it doesn't necessarily translate directly to football, I think the replacement player is important when you're factoring who will you miss the most. Like, yeah, sure, you don't like the guy, so you get him out. Whatever. I don't even necessarily want to argue Who's with you about that. Who's backing him up? <laughs> I don't trust the organization to find someone better right away. Maybe after a couple tries. Yeah. Like this I, is their first try right now with Shell. Yes, this is their first try. Well, yeah, Brandon Shell. And if they draft a rookie, that'll be their first try as well. It'll be all in the first season after Jermaine. How good do we expect the position to be? Mm, that's a tough and how many, task. how many years are you willing to wait? Russ is good now. <laughs> Russ is good <laughs> now. Yeah. Like, Get better. I don't. I don't necessarily agree with getting rid of people for the sake of getting rid of them. You need to get better. So that's why I've been kind of critical of the Seahawks like uh, off season. What grade did I give it on the last show? A D. I think I'm at like a C minus. That's where I was. I'm still at a C minus. Nothing changed. Adding Clowney would put it to a C. Actually, well, yeah, it'll still stay a C minus. Just with, I mean, Dunbar, great addition. Irvin, great addition. I, it still stays a C minus, even with the addition of Dunbar. I guess I could give it a C, but. C minus is still fine. I actually this before you move on to one last topic. Want to get to? Did the Seahawks get better? Yes or no? Damn. I'm going to say no. They're still yes. They did. I think they got better. I think the addition of Irvin and Dunbar. Yes. Even with the losses of 
even with the loss of Jermaine, George, and Quentin, and Quentin, and Al Woods, Ed Dixon, Tedrick. Yep. All right. Fair enough. Uh, the the one thing I I disagree. I don't think they got any better. I think they just are probably just right about even because I also factor in guys getting better like individually. Like LJ will probably play more. Rasheem, blah blah. blah. Maybe some guys will be healthier. Maybe some guys will work. Instead of a decline. C minus, they get a C now. Yeah, it's it's definitely not something to be super hyped about. Uh, but one last thing before we get out of here, the league on Tuesday officially, officially, officially made it uh, so that there will be. 14 teams in the playoffs starting in 2020. So basically each conference now gets a seven seed. So only the one seed gets that bye week uh, in the playoffs. So basically the two seed will play the seven and then three plays six, four plays five, so on and so forth. I think this past season the two seven in the NFC would have been Packers, Rams, and in the AFC it would have been Chiefs, Steelers, I think. Let's just go with that. It sounds good. Uh, I don't mind it. I feel like I'm in the minority of people who don't like the expanded playoffs. Uh, I I will watch football when it's on the TV. Like you know, the the quality of it I know is much higher than I'll get literally anywhere else. I'm one of those people who makes it very clear: college football is trash compared to NFL. The talent is way better. <laughs> you got kids who can't tackle, quarterbacks who can't throw. It's just it, it's. There it's, are teams that run the ball a hundred times and don't throw it. Yeah, we lost our <laughs> damn bowl game because we couldn't stop. You know, let me not. Let me not do that. Uh, but I know you're you're you don't like the playoff expansion. It, I just didn't. I don't see the need of it. I like. I enjoyed the playoffs the way they were, and now just bringing in a, a team. I mean, it's cool. To your point, more football. People want to watch football. Guess what we're doing? We're giving you more. And I, it's not necessarily gonna be better football. No it one might be bad football. It. I on the side of it's probably not gonna be the best. I mean. The Chiefs versus the who'd you say the number seven? Was I think the seven would have been the Steelers. Steelers. <laughs> that might get ugly immediately. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably. Packers and Rams would have been good though. It that has potential to be a good one. There might be one good game out of those two, and it might be worth it. It's more money. It's oh, more definitely football. more money. It's another primetime game. I it's, it leads back to you know what we're gonna give our fans more football, and if that's the way they want to do it, I'm not mad at it. Will I watch that game? I probably will not watch the Chiefs You're destroy. You're gonna watch it. I don't. I mean, who am I gonna watch in the Steelers? The only one we don't watch. I'm I think the whole country doesn't ever watch the Texans game <laughs> on the playoffs. They're always on that Saturday morning <laughs> slot, bro, and no one watches. Forty-five. Yeah, it'd be like, not, it'd be like, yeah, it'd be like ten forty Pacific, and no, nobody care <laughs> yeah. about that. That's it. We I'm don't sorry. Watch the rest, the, though. I'm sorry. The Chiefs taking the Steelers. I, I'm not. I wouldn't watch it. I wouldn't want to see Mahomes drop. Eight touchdowns on these guys. I'd be. This is boring. Oh, they wouldn't have done that. I don't know. The Steelers' man. defense was good. Yeah, Tyreek Hill is just really fast. You remember their 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 old uh, their problem was the quarterback. They had Maga Mason. Ah, dang it! I shouldn't have said that. They had Mason Rudolph, <laughs> and they had a dude named Duck. That's I just, why. Imagine Big Ben. Okay, now we're if you have Big Ben, healthy exactly. Schuster, I'm with it. But that's not how it panned out, Mike. Yeah, but it's gonna be different in future years, though. Well, like, hopefully, we'll see how this all pans out. I, th- I like it, man. It's a solid move, but I'm not like I'm not jumping like yes, more. I'm kind of like eh, all right. You're gonna give us a really 
mediocre team versus a You're still getting a playoff team though. It's not like yes. you're getting the Browns versus the, the the Washington football team. Don't say that. That could, that could happen. But I'm saying like let's say both of those teams are are crappy. Yep. Let's say we're not getting to like a Thursday night game. You know how those suck oh, sometimes. I don't even know why they air Dolphins versus the Bengals. Now sometimes I that do skip. That is disrespectful. Those. I, I skip those sometimes. But I am going to skip two playoff. There's still two playoff teams. I feel you. So it'll I, be interesting. I like. think yeah, I think you're going to like it. I think everyone will. Everyone complaining now. You gonna watch the hell out of them games. That you is go. another. That's why I said it's more football. And if you like football, guess what you'll do? You will watch. That's six wild card games in two days. That's a lot of heat. Everyone's gonna watch that. Everyone's gonna it's be right football, there folks. in the first week of January, sitting right there on the butt or at the bar watching these games, and you gonna watch every second. That's a fact. I would bet a lot of money on it. Hashtag never gamble. Just saying. And it's more chances that I'm always gonna cover a playoff team. Because my first year, they didn't make the playoffs, and that sucked. Season so, was over. Yeah, man. They lost to the Cardinals <laughs> on a missed field goal. It was dumb. I think they would have made the playoffs that year, I think, in this new format. No, 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 no. I don't think they would have. I don't think they would have. But they would have won 10 games. Uh, if he, if Who was that? Blair Walsh? Dark times. Um, anyway, we got anything else? Man, we want to thank you guys for rocking with us. We know it's been a minute since we've been on. But thank you guys for listening to another episode of Seahawks Man to Man. Mike, anything else to add? Wash your hands. Uh, take the coronavirus very seriously. Even if you are in the the low-risk group or whatever, you young, healthy, strong immune system, I don't give a damn. Stay in the house. Listen to podcasts. Work out. Paint. I don't know. Video games. Something. Just don't go kick it. Just, you know, binge watch. What's this Tiger King thing? Everyone's, have you seen this? Crazy. You've watched it? I've, watched I've it. never seen it. We'll talk more after. I've I've I have nothing to say. I don't. I've never watched it. Just <laughs> watch Tiger King, Love Is Blind, Ozark, all these things that everyone's texting me about that I've never heard of. Uh, do that. Just take this very seriously. Uh, wash your hands. Uh, stay away from people who could be high risk groups. You know, but help them out where you can. Wear some gloves. I don't know. Just be smart and take it very seriously because people are dying out here. Uh, but. Thank you again for listening to the show. Make sure you follow us both on the Tweet Machine. Follow me at Mike Gugar. Chris, take us out. You can follow me on Twitter at CKIDD206 and that's CKID206. We out.